Anchor FM. This is Etch the Edges, where we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide to find the common ground we know we all share. Hi, I'm B.S. Brown, your host, and together we will etch the edges. America has often been at the crossroads, and here we are again. What do we do now, and how do we do it? Together, let's get into it. Our purpose? To do the work. To truly peel away at the extremes. For it's the extremes that divide us. The tail is wagging the dog. Small groups of people with outsized voices are commanding the stage, and the rest of us? Well, we suffer for it. It's time for all that to change. Let's lean into discomfort, have the hard conversations, and together, let's etch the edges. Today, our special guest is Karen Watkins. Karen is running for the Gwinnett County School Board. When we return, we'll talk about how she has engaged in politics and how it has affected her family. We will take note of the fact that she is really clear about the truth. Education is not political. School Board. And Karen, thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So what's really real, right, is here in Gwinnett County, we know we've got some circumstances, some situations, some things going on in the middle of, I guess the best thing to call it is the COVID age. And you decided to do what I like to call, uh, you've, you, you've leaned into discomfort, but you've even gone a bit more aggressive about it and you've taken up a civic duty. You've decided to step out on faith and do something real about it. So why don't you share your political journey with us and, and tell us exactly what it is you're trying to do? Um, so I think the reason why I stepped out is because I think now more than ever, we know we, we, we have an opportunity for change. Um, <clears throat> and that change is um, you know, within our education system and obtaining leadership and elected officials that will be there to truly serve the children and to serve their community. Um, <clears throat> as we see today, um, based off of behavior um, that the current, at least if I can only speak for my district or whatever, my current elected official is um, not um, showing us that, showing actions, showing us that she's truly serving her community. Um, she's still allowing for a top-down management to control a situation. Um, and we see this, it's evidenced by the fact there's lack of community engagement, lack of um, <clears throat> understanding of the community as a whole, and um, lack of oversight and accountability of our school system. So that evidence right there is showing that, you know, we do need a change and we need someone that is there to represent us and to serve our children, all of our children, 
um, in our school system. Let, so let's that, lean in a little bit on that one, Karen. Unpack that, <laughs> right? So she doesn't understand the community. She doesn't represent the community. She, what does that mean? You know, let's let's be real about it. What's what's she missing? <laughs> well, what we're, well, it's important as an elected official. You have to have engagement with your community because you represent the community. So if you don't understand what's going on in your community, you're not able to act in. Um, you may not be able to give the community what it requires. You know, that's like me saying, you know, I I, I go I I go to my client and I say to them. Um, oh, I got this. I don't really need to know what you think. <laughs> I'll go ahead and just drum it all up for you. I don't care what those stakeholders over there are saying. I don't, you know, I don't care what these folks are saying or whatever it is. I'll just go ahead and because I, I you know, whether I know everything or I know someone that knows everything, I'll just go ahead and make all these requirements for you and drive all these policies for you and require the school system to do X, Y, and Z. But necessarily, we don't necessarily need to get your input client you know, what you require doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter because we know what's best. So that's what's kind of going on, you know, as you can see, and, and it's evident. The pandemic actually has exposed a lot of that. Right. Um, it's exposed that top-down management isn't what's good here, especially um, for those, you know, when your customer, you know, I'm just using this as, you know, your customer is your constituent, right? You are, you know, you, you have to kind of work for them. <laughs> so you work for them. So if they require something, you have to figure out, you know, you have to understand what they require, understand what the, what the needs are when I say require, what the needs are in the community, understand what the needs are in the community. And the only way you will understand it is by engaging with the community. And I hope that all makes sense. It does make sense. It, 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 I think the challenge from my perspective, you know, looking on the outside and yet still being a member of this county is, so two things, who is she working for? And if she's not listening, how does, so you say we have the, the evidence of the lack of action in the community. How does that present itself? What's the impact to our children, to our family? So number one, she's working, working for who? To benefit who? And number two, so you look in the community, her lack of inaction or her lack of understanding in terms of policy, what does that look like? You know, how does that, to the, ch to the child going to the school, walking down the street, what does that look like? Okay, so let's, let's look at it from the, what's happening today, right? right? Let's use the pandemic again as an example, all right? Um, we see that we had three different plans that came out, three yeah. different plans that came out to get us out to our schools three whole three okay um, they were very reactive right and not you could tell it didn't include all the communities thoughts you know all the community things to say coders thoughts and what they just reacted to petitions or reacted to something there was no planning really involved you could you, you could just tell because how you think you just don't change plans three different times. It just doesn't happen to that. Reactiveness, right? But that's not a plan. Reacting is not planning, right? Reactiveness, you can change three different times, right? So, you know, that that's a lot of like a waste of time, a waste of money, a lot of administrative time, everyone thinking all these things, waiting, staying up all late at night, doing all these things. 
and and it and it, and the result was in the reason and the root cause is because they didn't fully understand our community. And when I include when I say community, okay, this includes um, our every stakeholder in Gwinnett, okay, every stakeholder in Gwinnett. That's even inclusive of are some of our elected officials in Gwinnett. So you have your commissioners, county commissioners, you have your state house representatives, you have all, you have parents, students, everyone, health care folks, all these folks that should have been engaged fully. And even, and I'll take it even a step further. You know, the plan, if you were to formulate a plan, this is my thoughts or whatever, I would try to understand what, um, what, what, what are the factors that would impact my plan, right? Just to, just to think, what, what are the variables out there that are, you know, that's disrupting? What is, what, is, what is all disrupting? The one key thing that this plan never takes in consideration, all three plans never took into consideration fully, okay, that were presented, although they were trying to react to whatever was out there, um, was the science. That's the one key thing. They just all ignored the science. Yeah. Ignored it 100%. It was gone. I don't even know what's going on. They just say, we just ignore the science. You got health, you got the CDC, you got CNN, you got uh, MBS, NBC, yeah, probably even Fox News. Everybody saying, wow, they're going to open up schools when the community spread is like on uh, well over what's even allowed, you know, like just not even what, what, what was, what well over what's even considered well over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just gonna open up the schools. That's that's interesting. You know, like why are they doing that? That doesn't make any sense. At all. At all. So, you know, that question still comes up and, and still not even taken into consideration till this day. I see nothing. The community spread. That is what that one variable right there will decide whether or not you should open up a school. That's number one. Just the opening of the school. But then you take that variable, right? One little thing, that one factor, right? And just think about, okay, so our community. Um, let's think about this. We have our community. We know we have a high spread. And we really want to go back to school, right? Why don't we engage our community together? And we all engage everyone in this community. So maybe we can help to reduce the spread, right? Things like that. That would be what I would do. I would try to reach out to the CDC and, and the county commissioners and all those folks, maybe even take it a step further because I am an elected official, try to reach out to the House, the Senate, and talk to the talk to the governor himself, right? right. And figure out, let's, let's all just really take a step back and think about community spread, <laughs> the definition of it how it impacts folks and how can how can this you know you, you're worried about people you know people not working but if someone coughs on you you're not working now you're off for three weeks yeah. right you talk about school and disruption i'm just thinking about everything every little factor you got a little kid that went to school sick right you got tests that uh you you got a little kid that goes to school sick he done coughed on everybody or she done coughed on everybody right your whole class is shut down Okay, that whole class is shut down for two, four, 14 days. Then your test result, you have to wait for your test result in those 14 days. And then you got to take another 14 yeah. days after that. Yeah. Because your test result comes positive. You got to stay home. Right. You have to stay home from the day you took the test. So 
um, this is where, you know, it's very interesting to me that the one thing, that one little factor, that what not even little, that's the biggest factor of all, is not even taking consideration in these plants. And what is saying, you know, you know, everyone has their battle because I am someone, I am actually someone that has to send my kids to school. I have to, okay? I will not be able to help teach and virtually teach my, you know, my children. It's going to be very difficult. I appreciate our teachers out there that are trying to do all of this for us and sacrificing for us and everything, even going back to school. But it's a, I am one of those parents that will have to send my child back to school. Geared up, but back to school. But back to school, right. But back to school in a time when I do not agree with going back to school because of the community spread. But there's no other thing I can do, right? Because um, I just don't have the resources right now to be able to help my child learn and education is important. But the thing is, either way, I guess this is what I'm trying to say, either way there is disruption. Yeah. Whether it's, and, and I'm willing to take the virtual learning disruption because at least there's a piece where my, you, the piece that I, I, you know, that I like from virtual learning disruption is they can, although they may not get the best education at home, but we can make up for that over time and work with the school system, make up for it over time, right? Yes, yes. And fight the sickness. Yeah. And then also when the kids are bringing it home or getting it themselves, okay? Maybe one child, you know, it could be my child. They get it and they do not react well to it, right? Now everyone's down, yeah. okay? And they're down for the count, okay? And so this is where it's, you know, like just that one bit of consideration and you just gotta weigh your options. But the thing is, it's informing your community that and, and empowering them to be a part of the discussion. And that's where um, we have a big gap. Yeah. We have a big gap in that aspect. And um, that's why it's um, difficult, you know, it, it's difficult because everyone knows that this is where, you know, everyone has to do something. They're like, they want their kids to learn, blah, blah, blah. But when you don't inform, when you don't inform, when you don't tell people that this is real, we do have a high rate of community spread, right? It's actually astronomical in Gwinnett, right? Astronomical. Yes. So how about this? Let's work as a community to either help to reduce the spread or pray goes away at some point. <laughs> I don't know what it's going <laughs> to I would say, I would say be proactive and help to reduce the spread as a community and then once we see it getting to a point of where we can do this somewhat safely, somewhat, then we could go back to school. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I'm still, it still doesn't fathom, and I'm still understa not understanding why this ha discussion hasn't happened. Um, because we could have been done been back in school already if they would have talked about this in June. Right. 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 Got down, did all the right things, did all these things, but you know, instead of this whole, it's unfortunate because this became a political warfare thing. It's yeah. almost political, and it doesn't make any sense to me at all. What does politics have to do with education? What does politics have to do with health? Right, right. This doesn't make any sense, and it's just like I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not fully understanding because this almost seems extremely political, yeah. and I understand where it's coming. I, I, well, we know where it's coming. But the thing is, it's like, I, I still don't fully grasp why are we doing this? We all, you know, we have kind people in Gwinnett. This doesn't have to be what's happening. Now. Yes, this doesn't have to be what's happening. 
So, um, you know, this doesn't have to happen. Let's just say that. We just, this just doesn't have to happen. Um, and I, I'll tell you this, we could have, we could have probably, this could have probably been a resolved view if our whole community just stepped up, especially our elected officials. A lot, you know, we have some that have stepped up. We have others that have not. Yes. Uh, and they could have just asked these questions and worked together to figure out, listen, if, if it was that mandatory to go back to school, right? right. Then why? build a plan to make make it so make it so control the community spread right and it goes right to that and then you can have a plan that you go into school and do it the right way the way the cdc says give people options maybe people still don't want to go to school let them work go virtually that way you know or, or let them go into the classroom it doesn't have to be an all or nothing it just doesn't have to be um but when it's top-down management, you get no stakeholder um, interaction in it. They only react to petitions. This is what happens. Right. <laughs> I like how you said it. They only react to petitions. So I, I want to go back to something that you- uh, <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, because it, you're right. You're right, but the unfortunate piece that becomes real clear and real critical is that, as you said, some of these things, a lot of these things are not political, but unfortunately they are because that's what we found ourselves. Our politics interlaces itself in almost every bit of socioeconomic strata in which we engage, especially when we get inflamed. And this, like you said, the pandemic proves the case. Unfortunately, we live in, Gwinnett is great. That's what we like to say, right? Gwinnett is great. It's on the water tower sign, or at least it used to be, driving up 85. And it's, it's a, we, we have kind people here. We, we lean across that divide, that ideological divide, you know, that's what the show is supposed to be about, etching at the edges to bring people together over common ground. But then you got this politics that lays right on top of things. And from a leadership standpoint, all the way down, it becomes evident on the board. And, and like you said, I don't know why. And that my mind continues to go there as well until I do things like engage the board directly. And I start to get phone calls from superintendents. And I have a conversation with, uh, I forgot the guy's name, one of them. And I said, you know, I see it now. I see it. This is just politics. Some of the plans they had, right, they started working them right after we had virtual in March. Some of them they put to the side. Some of them they waited to see the impact of their side of the divide. They became reactive to try and control that, manage the message. There's no such thing as real transparency. What you describe, Karen, is what ideally we need from way back months ago. Put the plans out, let them evolve, full disclosure to you work for us. You work for us. Tell us what it is along the way. Get rid of that nonsense where you say you can't change your mind. You know, all the popular memes that become part of our social structure prevent us from doing what's right. All the way up to something like hydroxychloroquine is the cure that the government is keeping from us. And if everyone would understand that you should take that when you get sick, or you could prevent it by, you know, mixing bleach with water and gargling once a day, you know, and maybe shine an ultraviolet light through your skin, you'd be safe. And we could knock this out. Plus on top of that, not only is it not as dangerous as the flu, for the most part, most of it's fake. And this is what, the, this is what goes for rational thinking along ideological lines in our county right now. You lay the red on top of the blue, and unfortunately, and I, I'll claim it, I'm, I'm blue, 
I've been blue for a minute. I always like to think critically with how I vote. So I go read platforms. I try and understand what the other kids are doing. Do yes. And <laughs> it's been a mighty long time since I could look over there and go, I would vote for that guy. Yeah. As far as the guy in charge, he doesn't even read. I went to his platform in 2016, as I'm sure many did. And you know, he's running for president. You expect to see the platform. He didn't have platforms. He had videos, a bunch of videos in, 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 in policy positions, no real policy. And that's what's leading us. We're failing because we have no leadership at any level that is cohesive, strategic, cogent, no, plan, no engagement. Exactly. They, they take surveys. This is the thing. Do you like surveys. the wall? Get the wall up. Do you want to go back to school? Yes or no? And, and, and then limit the survey. Limit. I mean, that's the same thing here with the school. <laughs> the way we got our surveys, they limit so that you are forced to answer it in a certain way. Limit in, in, in a certain way at a the certain input. time. That's not input. That's not input. Exactly. That's not engagement. That's not input or engagement. I complained to them, Karen. I said, input. you're trying to make me choose by Sunday and you haven't even told me what the plan is. The plan is incomplete. At the board meeting, they said the plan would be out the following Friday. That was the 16th. School starts Monday. Have you seen the plan? We've well, got emails, we've got, we've got some little structure documents. You know, mm -hmm. this is going to be happening. I sent them, I emailed the board, every member of the board, the plan that Atlanta put together and said, if you did something like this, I'd be more comfortable with understanding where we're coming from. The data, the raw data, the stats, like you said, who responded, all of that was clear. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> Which, of course, is, 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 you know what? It's wonderful. It's wonderful to me. You know, I was talking to my wife about this. Is you know, as you said, things come to light. You know, as long as the rest of us can manage to stay safe, we pray for those that like um, what is it? Still, um, the still case Chase Brewery up there, Tawani. I forget the name of it now. We drove by there this weekend. They were having an outdoor concert, shoulder to shoulder. Or I think they tried to call themselves distancing. The, the disease is spreading like wildfire quietly. But it's out there. The numbers keep showing, but then folks think the numbers are fake. But while that's happening, we have people like you. People like you have decided to step out and said, you know, and that's what we were talking about. Was things are transitioning. Things are coming to light through this crisis. And there are people who are stepping up to the plate. We thank you for that. And clearly you're setting a good example because that wonderful young lady who's just decided to run into the room, your daughter, clearly, maybe she's going to, you're blazing the path and she'll follow. And do the right thing. My kids are civically engaged. Yes. That's what's up. I don't know if they're gonna be president. I don't know what they're gonna do with that. But, but they'll uh, do something. They'll they they go they go they gonna make sure people know what their rights are. I'll tell you that. What's <laughs> going on? And that's <laughs> what we need. A little way. That's mm -hmm. what we need. So I wanted to also give you a moment. You know, again, like you're leaning out. You're 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 deciding to step up, and that's an incredible thing. You know, that carries a lot of weight, that has a lot of meaning. We need more people to know about you, to know what you're doing, and to clearly understand why. You say the things, community, transparency, planning, understanding and responding, and let's be real about it. When we say you're not responding to the culture, to the people in the community, there are ethnic lines there, more commonly called race. And, you know, I've decided over time now to fully embrace what it means to be anti-racist. You know, that means we have to engage and enact policies that diminish the impact of things that, even if they're considered non-racist, are implicitly racist in function. 
because you say you don't see a wrong thing happening and you don't dislike people. I need you to not only not double negative, dislike me and my black skin, but I need you to actively advocate for me, to keep me safe, to help me engage, to help my kids get educated to the degree that they deserve. You know, it's a real pisser when you hear some folks in our county complain about, well, the, the real challenge is, you know, I need my kids to go back to school because, I mean, the tennis competition is starting up in a few weeks and, you know, my husband needs to go to work and I need to go and do this. So, you know, um, these things are important. Our lifestyle matters. We deserve this. Almost makes you want to say you shouldn't have had kids. But, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you know I'm going to tell you this. You know, it was even even curious more enough because you just brought that up. There's ways to accommodate those folks too. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to. Um, how do I say it? It's not an all or nothing. It just isn't. It's not. It's again, not. And again, because this is a pandemic, I keep going back to this. That one little factor, community spread. Yeah. Get that down. Get it down. And let's go and build this wonderful, robust plan. And not then, while you're, we're getting it down, build the wonderful, robust plan to get us back in school. So what that includes reducing the community spread and working with all your elected officials, your entire community, because it takes a community to make it happen and understand why it's important. Why, you know, but the thing is, when you don't inform, when people have a lack of information and they only know what they know or, or only know what they want to know and, they, and then you push them to the side, like some people are like, you know, I would rather, um, you know, I, you know, like I'm okay because this herd immunity thing or whatever, they, you know, like I'm okay with sending my kids to school for that. But until they, until they realize that that herd immunity doesn't exactly work out that way. And I, and I don't know if you know, I, I, well, I, I'll share this. Um, so, I was COVID, I, I tested COVID positive, okay? And- um, yeah, we, we found was, out about it at the rally. They, they let all of us know, and we appreciate your commitment to the cause. Just oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, it, but you know what, I'm gonna tell you this. So we took it apart on ourselves to quarantine ourselves when someone, you know, someone coughed in my direction. So I knew exactly the date because I, I don't go, I work from home. I don't, I don't do anything, right? So, um, or want to be around people like that. So only a few events and usually I have my mask. I took it off to talk and someone took theirs off and coughed in my direction. Wow. Yeah, well, it was, it was by act. It wasn't. It wasn't any, malicious, but you, you know. Malicious in any way, shape or form. Although yeah. I, I was, I, I felt sick inside, but you know, we're just like, <laughs> going on right now. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> and you probably saw it all over my face. I'm very expressive. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so um, the, you know, they caught it. And so I told my husband, you know, everybody mad at me now. And then they're all like, oh, oh. So now we had, we, we did it for four. And I was like, oh, just in case I, you know, and we were just monitoring ourselves over the days and we weren't feeling anything. The only thing I had was like this drip. This, yeah. this felt like allergies. You know how you get that little tickle in, in your throat? throat? Yeah. You feel the drip. Yeah. That's what I was getting. And this was like maybe, you know, um, a week or three days in. And then so, but my mother, and mind you, I stayed away from my mother. She's 72 years old, has diabetes and mm. had from a stroke and she's a hundred pounds all at the same time. Okay. Uh -oh. so she probably has a little bit of more of a weaker immune system than I do. So I tried to stay away from her period. But remember my children were in my face. 
Gotcha. Okay. And I was telling him to bring the food up to grandma, do all those types of things for grandma, go to her room and stuff. And so now they're in her face, hugging grandma, doing all that type of stuff. And they were asymptomatic. Okay, right. they had a little drip, or at least a tongue, I don't got no strip. You know, they, they were like, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about, you know? So they were asymptomatic. And we would not have known to even get tested if grandma didn't have that fever, throw up, and do all that stuff, yes. And we were just like, oh, Lord, we probably got the COVID. So we went and then um, got tested. We wouldn't even know. Now, you take that to school. Just take this to school now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to try and tell you. Yep. Take it to school. We're going to school. Could you imagine my children going there? Let's just say this, all, this was all during school time. They all show up to school. They're not sick. No one's doing anything. They got their little mask on. Or, or, or Morgan decides to take her little mask off and breathe on the teacher or something. Mm. Right? Just by accident. You know what I mean? Because you can't control. She's, she's going into first grade. She's just literally just turned six. Okay? And their reaction is that someone sometimes take it off or whatever. And she just breathed on teacher like they breathed on grandma. <laughs> okay? And this teacher happens to be, you know, probably immune compromised or whatever. Could you imagine? I would feel so upset. You know, could you, could you imagine? And it could have been us yeah. that gave yeah. And we just did not know because we were walking around asymptomatic. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so this is where the impact of the community, that's why that community spread is very, you know, not everyone can build that immunity just because you get sick, then it's whatever. I mean, it took grandma, what, three and a half weeks, I think, wow. yeah, to get over this. I mean, she was on and off with fevers, all this other stuff, very weak. She fell, you know, all these oh, other man. things. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough. It took her three and a half weeks. Okay, just to get over it. And if we didn't, we weren't proactive, you know, and just thought that she should get over. I mean, the minute that woman had a fever, I was calling her doctor. I was like, listen, I think this might be it. We didn't get the test yet. The test results didn't come back, but I believe this is what it is. And they told us just boost her up with, med with um, immune stuff and make sure she drinks lots of water, watch her, take her temperature, take her oxygen, do all those things. If it gets below a 93, you know, make sure you take her to the hospital, right? And so, you know, those types of things, luckily, you know, the doctors were able to inform us to not, um, you know, um, you know, to, to help us through that, right, virtually, I guess. Yeah. I um, but if we wouldn't have known that, unless I, I let her fever linger for four days, she could just went downhill. Yeah. Right? Or two days or three days if I wasn't watching her, right? And right. so you just, because you just don't know, you don't know how quickly it could go and all these other things. So. That's why, you know, I think about that. And sometimes, um, you know, it's horrible, but if, if so, I wouldn't want anyone to go through that, you know, situation. And I wouldn't want to be, be because of me. Yeah, so definitely not. I, you know, my child bringing that to you right. and your family members. It may not even, they brought it to you, like me, someone brought it to me, but I wasn't, um, how do I say it? I, um, I didn't have any symptoms, but then I could have given it to their relatives, their immune compromised child, their, you know, whatever, or, or family member, right? And that's where we have to think about the community as a whole and actually have those discussions as a community because this is real. And that's what happens. It's not just about the one person or thinking that we will be all right. It's about the whole right. and how it affects our entire community because we all live here. Well, let me ask you something, Eric. Let me ask you. Karen, Go ahead. Karen, I'm sorry. Let me ask you. So I'm, I'm um, 
I'm sitting here posting this stuff on Nextdoor, and I'm I'm right there in alignment with you, right? And and my my whole thought is, you know, hey, these things that I'm saying, community spread. You know, we've got 141 schools and facilities. This thing will spread like wildfire. It's not under control. We are in the highest county for infection rates within the state. You're going to kill a bus driver. Even if you don't get sick, your mother, your mother-in-law, someone will, will die, you know? I'm saying these things and I'm being an agitator for the good of the entire community. And instead, you know, people vilify me, you know, they throw metaphoric stones. I've caught a lot of hate behind it, let's just say that. And one person even said, you know, it's not your responsibility to try to take care of me. My job is to take care of me. You take care of you and you send your child to wherever you want. Don't try and keep my child out of school and you need to send your wife to do her job. But then of course my wife even said, you know, Eric was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and do my job. I want to go into school. She just got back cause she goes in, but they're virtual, right? You know, she's courageous like that. But my whole thing was you can't have a bunch of kids in there with her. And they didn't want to see that. And even in my postings, Karen, even in my postings, I was real clear. Again, total alignment with what you said. If you plan appropriately, I'm a problem solver by trade in IT. None of the schools should be at capacity. 141 different buildings. There are ways to get the information and the metrics to understand who needs the service. That's part of what the board should be doing. There are people who, the, the, the special needs kids, the parents in the second tier who both have to work, they're not going to be able to, to manage this for the next few months through the semester. They get first dibs. Mm-hmm. Bring mm-hmm. those kids in. No building should operate at full capacity, bottom line. But the CDC guidelines yep. are real clear. And if you look at the metrics and then measure the amount of 130-something thousand students in, in this county, you know, a ton of them got to stay home. My daughter, she's got to stay home. Because, see, I work right here. So she works over there. She does her job. She doesn't get to go in because she needs to give someone else her slot in the building. You could do that. You could manage it. But when you've got we this could. idea, yep. you that's this, an idea. This, this, and this is what I want to ask. But you see, that's not it. We so, engage. Mm-hmm. So like you said, that, that, so here's the thing. We're engaging. Community We're engagement. You see how you just came up with something? Yes. You see what I'm saying? And if your thoughts were, impl- were, were, um, were taken in consideration, you could help our school system to solve this problem because you're one of those parents that was willing to let your children go virtual. And some parents can do that. Some can let their kids go virtual. You don't have to be filled to capacity to the brim of where it's overflowing. You don't have to be because we are overflowing. We stay overflowing. In like Baldwin County, the kids are shoulder to shoulder. It's horrible. It's insane. It's horrible. National news. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on over there. I, I, I can't even. I got one step. <laughs> oh, it's unfortunate. That is really unfortunate. It's bad. And, um, it's bad. Yeah, it's very sad and unfortunate. I feel bad for, um, I, I don't, you know, I hope that there will be some guidance there. Yeah. Uh, hope, I hope, because you never want to wish ill on anyone. Exactly. I'm, I'm staying very prayerful. I've seen yes, yes, and that's all yeah, you, you know. If it works, it works. Yeah, right. And because you never want to wish ill on anybody, never right. ever. And I hope if it works, where I just, you know, and I and I don't wish ill on our school system either for what is going on today. Right. But it could it could be 
much better. Everything that you just stated were things that not only you, but other parents have shouted out. Yes. I saw it. Shouted out. We, I know a number okay? of emailed the and same. And I'm in facilities operations, so, <laughs> you know, I could shout out a couple of things too, right? Yeah. It takes all of us, all of us to come up with something, but we just have to be engaged. Yeah. And as all, we also need the healthcare, the expert. I want the CDC involved in this. Yes. Help, help us. Why are we so afraid to go to Atlanta and have the CDC come down here and help us with this? I don't understand what's going on. Well, no, 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 no. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, Karen. Okay. And, and that's it. You know it. And, and that's the critical question for you in this position that you're going to be in because you're going to get it. You know, you're going to be up there. You're going to be serving us. But there, there are a ton of people who, first off, they're going to look at you some kind of way, right? Oh, who does she think she is with her you-know-what self? And that block is going to be in place. So just like when I posted, I said, you know, Atlanta did a great example, and they backed it up with the numbers. And instead of the, the responses of, oh, that's interesting, thanks for sharing, I got, well, yeah, a lot of those people down in Atlanta look just like you, and we know you folks don't know how to run a city. You know, or, you know, well, no one wants to follow Atlanta. It's crime written. They use all, the only thing they did not call me was an ugly black child of the devil. They did all of the code switching and all of the, and one guy in particular would, would consistently go, yeah, bro, sure, bro. You're, you're well-spoken, bro. We appreciate your commentary, bro. And I said, yeah, I appreciate you too. I know what you're trying to say. We all live here together in Sewanee in particular. And you know, if you want to behave that way, it's fine. I know what you are. I know what you are, and I know where you are too. And we don't need to go any further than that, but I would ask you to behave. We still have to live here together. But how do we get to those folks, Cam? You're gonna be in a position where you're gonna to have to speak to the same type of person who has an incredibly hard time removing his ideological filter when the leader of the free world acts just like him. So um, because a part of my job is um, like I have to work like change management and helping through change. Um, this is what I do for a living. And, you know, mind you, um, you know, some folks, they don't want to hear certain things. And, and I, I deal with that on a daily basis too. They don't want to hear certain things or whatever. Um, what my motto is always try to leverage the facts and data that's yep. out there. Try your best to leverage facts and data. You can't go wrong when facts and data are thrown in your face. That's number one. Number two, um, and actually, I shouldn't—that shouldn't be number one. Number number one should be actually um, listening to that person. Um, that's where I want to give them their voice. I want them to show me their solution based on the way they see things, and then try to find the common factor that lies within all of us in their solution. That's what I try to do in my day job. You know, we all have our frustrations. You know, even I sometimes don't do very well. I could speak in the situation now. But um, sometimes I may not do very well at, you know, com communicating that because, you know, frustrations rise, you know, and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, I always think about, especially here with our school system, I have to think first about who are we serving? Why are we doing it? And it's not about me at all. It has nothing to do with me. And um, I want to empower those folks. And if anyone is listening to this right now, I am here to listen to you. I want to hear what your solutions are. But then I also want you to try to leverage facts and data as well 
um, and see how they align with some of the solutions you put, uh, put forth or the suggestions you put forth, because facts and data are important. So we can't base things off of a gut. We can't do those things, as you can see, when we base things off of a gut, it doesn't exactly wind up well, right? So we try, if we can get facts and data out of it, let's try so we don't have to leverage our gut and then wind up with lots of failures. Um, and it, you know, so that's what I, that's what I would do. Um, and you, you could probably relate because that's your profession as well. You probably have to bring people together to do also, you know, from a more technological point away, the same thing here. Yes. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's so to voice of that customer or vo I want to say voice of the constituent. <laughs> So that constituent is so important, but I want them to be involved, all of the voices to be involved in the decision making. Find out what are our common factors. You know what the cool thing is about education? Let me tell you what the cool thing is about education. Yes, tell us. All of us have a goal. We all have a goal. We all want our student to achieve. Yes. All of us. You all, we all want them to be safe in school, whatever your definition of safe is. You know, you don't want them bullied, you don't want them shot at, you don't want, we all want them safe, right? Right. We all want them to be cared for at school, right? These are things all everyone in our community aligned to. And, and listening to everyone, they want all of the same things. It doesn't even matter if they are black, white, Latino, anyone, it doesn't matter. They all want the same thing. They just want their kid to go to school, go to school safely, and kind of like school. You know? <laughs> so that means yeah. you got to feel a little bit cared for and nurtured, right? So I just want them to come back liking school, at a bare minimum, trying at least to like school. I think we can get there because we all have that same common factor. It's just about how do we get there? How do we get there? And, um, you know, everyone has their opinion on how to get there, right? We just have to work together, find out what, you know, we all know we want these three things to happen, right? Right. But right. we just have to figure out what is it common in our opinion of solution to get to those places. And it's so funny because, um, you know, I, I was talking to some folks that, you know, um, about, you know, racism in schools. Yeah. Um, and this is where, um, you know, we were talking about racism and how, um, you know, you know, like how, how it does, you know, like some people are like, oh, no, 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 it doesn't, you know, it doesn't impact me or whatever. I was like, yeah, you're curious, you know, or it doesn't, or it's not there. It's kind of not there. And I was like, curious, you know, and I was like, oh, really? So help me understand this. Um, let's take large class sizes, for example. <laughs> let's just do that. I know I got them in our school and I know you are, you know, you know, and let's just do that. We got large class sizes, right? Educational access and funding. You've just now been impacted by racism. <laughs> You've been impacted by racism? Just that plain. It's just that plain. Large class sizes. Yeah. When you 40 kids, you've been impacted by racism. Exactly. You like me, but you have been impacted by racism. Let me tell you why. Funding. You should have not 40, but 20. That means two teachers. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, funding equals you ain't getting two teachers. You getting one for 40. One for 40, okay? <laughs> so 
things like that is where we have you if you're able to find a commonality so now you know you you racism in our school has impacted you and let me tell you why racism in school has impacted you <laughs> so when you know when people do their little numbers and want to fund the school um they look at the you know dates and folks look at oh it's 70 percent people of color hmm. they don't necessarily need all that money let's go out to swanee or somewhere and uh <laughs> <laughs> all that money over there so you got your 16 you know your the 20 we're gonna cap you out at 20 over there right mm-hmm. and you're right so we'll go ahead and you know do that we'll, we'll try and help them out in brookwood too you know we'll try we'll try and you know, see where we could not have 40 kids in the class, right? Right. So it's things like that, you know, it's not, how do I say it? It's not, um, it's, how do I say it? It's, it's, you know, like they, they just kind of look at it and then, you know, same thing with the, with the Title Ones and everything, you know, with Title One schools and everything like that. You, if you, if you are, if you are there, you have, you are impacted by racism in our schools, racism. Absolutely. But it's a goal then, since now, you know, you're being impacted by funding right? Although it's not malicious or any, I don't think, I, how do I say this? I don't think they look at it like that, but you know, maybe in Swanee, they, you know, like they're more um, vocal about things. I, I don't know. But the thing is, funding is one of those it where is. um, it, it's an indicator of racism, funding and discipline. And so to your point. Right? Yes. You yes. got funding, yes. all of that stuff. It might be you know, tied back to, you know, racism. There's like a lot of different little things there, access to certain things, you know, you might be impacted by racism. And the thing is, there's a, you see, now we have a common factor, right? It has nothing to do with color anymore. But this person is, you know, if they may be white, now you know, oh, wow, I should help to prevent racism. (laughs) Anti-racist policies. More funding. Anti-racist policies, yes. Yes. They think racism is just a pejorative. They just lean Mm -hmm. into that, but they don't recognize that just like politics laces through all of our social strata, the country was built in this fashion. Racism does too. And we got to get back to understanding the root of the thing. To your point, finding that common ground. Anti-racist would say, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this because it's going to produce equity. And it's not just equity about color, even though we need that. It's just equity in general. And everyone benefits when we do that. Everyone. Yes. Everyone. So I want to say, Karen, you know, you, you, you leaned in real good on that. I, I'm, I'm really going to be looking forward to seeing how you work that divide. This is Etch the Edges. And you just said how you etch it. Get those extremes, <laughs> pull people together, a coalition of the willing. Out, and then what they say? coalition of people trying to find the common ground. Um, I want to give you the opportunity before we close out, you know, you know, um, so it's karenwalkins.org for anyone that wants to go check out the website, you know, from a political standpoint, any final message you want to say to our listeners? Yes, education is not political. Mm. Wow. I love is not political. Remember that? Hold your school board accountable. If I am your new school board member, hold me accountable. And hold me accountable if I am not listening to your voice. I will try my very, very, very best to ensure everyone is engaged at some point. I will give you every opportunity to be engaged and to help us so that we can help the school board help the school system so that we can be the very best school system in America. 
don't be jaded by what is going on right now. Don't feel like because you will have a majority of color on your school board that this could turn into something different. You know, don't feel like that, okay? Just focus in on how can we all make this the best school system we have out there? How can we all do it? And believe it or not, all of us, it's not one individual that makes it. So it's not going to be me, it's us as a collaborative. Um, that's inclusive of people that have children in the system, teachers, staff, um, the administrators, everyone, everyone. We, we the taxpayer, the, the overall taxpayer in Gwinnett, all those, even, though, even if you don't have a child in the system, you still have a vested interest in the system. Because remember, your taxes, your, um, your property values are a direct correlation. Why do people, why would people move to an area? They move to an area if the school systems are great. That's what you get. You people move to areas because of good schools. That's the one number one reason is because of the school. So let's make them fantastic. Let's not it, it don't let it be any more top down driven. Let your voice be heard, and um, that's everyone's voice to be heard. Everyone, not just one little sector here. Now this and, and I, me, I do not pick and choose. And so therefore, again, this is not political. So don't leverage that as your decision maker to pick a school board member. You pick the one that is listening to you and that will leverage your voice so that they can, um, so that they, they can make, make the right decisions for the school system as a whole. And that's the takeaway I'd like everyone to go with. Education is not political. <laughs> Karen, that is awesome. I think we could not have ended on a more powerful note. We, we will take that and we will definitely run with it. Again, go check her out, karenwalkins.org. She is running for Gwinnett County School Board. And thank you so much for your time. We appreciate having you. Thank you. Take care. All right. Education is not political. One thing to not forget. Thank you, Karen, for sharing with us here on Etch the Edges. If we're going to close the divide and make policy that benefits all Americans, then we have to do the work. Engage. Conversate. Clarify. Question. Have the courage to step out. Vote. And to you, thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. So please, like and subscribe. Tell your family, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Etch the Edges. And don't forget to visit our website at edgetheedges.com. Check us out and pick up some of that swag that will express your commitment to the cause, the cause of a better America, where we all can stand together at the mountaintop. Do it for America. Be good to yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time.